There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destro. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And Brooke? Uh, that's how I needed to start the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were feeling that way when they woke up this morning because the Flyers were on the wrong end of... Perhaps some history. What else is new? Last night. <laughs> late last night on the West Coast. The Flyers lose to the Man. Sharks 2-1. to one. Brooke, San Jose was 0-10-1 coming into this game. That had tied the worst losing streak to start a season in NHL history. And they get that first win against the Flyers. Brooke, pretty bad. Pretty bad when you consider San Jose had given up 20 goals over their previous two games. Two games. Ten goals. And the Flyers could scratch across only one. That could, that could have gone either way. Yeah. That, that could have gone either video way. Video review actually gave Joel Farabee the goal. It definitely crossed the goal line. But oh, yeah. nonetheless, they needed video review to get that goal, that elusive, that just that one goal. Brooke, what was going through your mind as you're watching that game and as the Flyers eventually lost to San Jose? I wish I was able to turn it off, <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest. No, it just... when. You also look back to the performance against the Kings. I was sitting there, and as it was, you know, aside from the Farabee goal late in the second period to finally get them on the board, I was like, they have not played for five periods of hockey. Mm -hmm. They did not. It was just, <laughs> you had a prime opportunity to bounce back from a bad loss against a good team with LA. The schedule set it up perfectly. Great bounce back game. You're going to fly out to San Jose. You're going to play the worst team in the league. The worst team in the league. Historically bad. I've never seen a roster like this in a very long time. I'm very sorry, Sharks fans. I really am. Um, <laughs> you just had an, a prime opportunity to kind of bounce back, you know, put your mark on it, be like, we're, we're fighting back from a really poor performance against the Kings, and then you have an even worse loss against the worst team in the league. It blows my mind. You, you lose against a good team in a rebuild, you're like, fine, that's great. See the young guys bounce back. No. And this is more than being like, okay, well, like maybe something would be different if you put Frost in the lineup. I've been complaining about Frost sitting for weeks on end now. This, that wouldn't have changed anything for this game. I really don't think so. They didn't play until the third period when they were like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. We can't expect to win this game just by showing up. They played down to their opponent again. We saw that against Anaheim. Now, Anaheim's trying to figure it out. Good for them. Moving on from that. But you just, it, I, it was not good hockey 
collectively on both sides, but to only score one iffy goal against a team that just gave up 20 goals in two games against Mackenzie Blackwood, who somehow always looks like Hextall between the pipes when they're they're playing (laughs) against him. It just makes no sense to me. It was a terrible, terrible game. I cannot vouch for it. There was nothing good that came out of that game. And (laughs) stop me now. No. I'm just so annoyed watching that. You and I were chatting a little bit late last night in Slack <laughs> as as it was getting closer and closer to reality for the Flyers. That was justified, Brooke. That that emotion is justified. Honestly, holy, it is. Holy crap. It, <laughs> no, for for me, I, I'm I keep it a little more in perspective. I, I, I do think it is there's a level of shame for the Flyers to lose that game. But I think they've been through worse. I really do. I look at the 13-game losing streak in 2021-22. Franchise worst. I look at the 10-gamer that same season. They had a 10-gamer last season. I think We're of the, gonna have one this season. It's only a matter <laughs> I'm, of time. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I do think they will be better un- enough to avoid a 10-gamer this season. But I even think of the nine loss, nine nothing loss in, at MSG in the shortened season. Uh, that was embarrassing. And I even look at that same year, that shortened season, the Sabres snapped an 18-game losing streak against the Flyers. So it seems like the Flyers are on the wrong end of some wrong of these type of losses. Wrong side of history every single time they did this against the Coyotes. Yeah. Just a few seasons, the 17-18 season. 17-18. Sharks had the same, same exact record going yep. into the game against the Flyers. And what happens? The Flyers laid an egg and the Coyotes <laughs> wound up winning. It's like, it's just... The Flyers are, I don't know who they annoyed hockey gods wise in the universe, but clearly they like having huge monumental moments historically in the league happen against the Flyers. When will it be for the Flyers? (laughs) And and for me, I think the most concerning and embarrassing thing is that, as you mentioned, this was such a good chance to get right. Get right, start scoring some goals after being shut out. And, and the fact that they could only scratch across one, that to me is the most troubling thing, the most embarrassing thing, is that they couldn't get going offensively against this team. It, the Sharks were going to win a game eventually. They were going to win a game eventually. It happened to be the Flyers, whatever. I think as San Jose picks up some more wins along the way, people are going to forget that they got their first against the Flyers. But the fact that the Flyers themselves couldn't get going, uh, that to me was, was bad. I mean, this was a team that was giving them a giving up almost five goals per game and the Flyers could score only one. And I don't really want to hear that they had 39 shots and they, you know, they played pretty well. Five, like, no, that you got to start finishing. You got to start scoring. Uh, they got to find a way soon, sooner or later. You can't really hang your hat on shot total. Um, is this a, an embarrassing loss? Sure. But I think, you know, th- there'll be a punching bag for a couple of days and then they'll move on. I think they've been, through way worse with those losing streaks and some of their other lopsided losses. Personally, that's how I feel about it. But the fact that they couldn't get right against San Jose, that's where I'm like, wow, yeah, not good. Yeah, this one feels, I want to say, more raw than previous ones just because you you did really roll into the season with a sense of optimism. They got off, they got off on a pretty decent start. Um, you're, you're seeing hot players like, like Konechny and Farabee figuring things out. 
and you know having Katoria and Atkinson back you're like wow like like this you know there it might really be a new era and I know it's just the beginning of the era I still like everything that the team and the organization is doing moving forward it's just you're sitting here and you're like oh here we go again like I just think it would have been an optimal opportunity for them to just be like you know what we we stunk against the kings let's bounce back against a team that we should beat and they didn't because they played down to their opponent so they got caught in another trap game God, this is going to be a long West Coast road trip. It could be. It's game one. This was the one game that I was like, yeah, maybe the win, but I should have known. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Deep breaths, everybody. There we go. <laughs> Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. Brooke, and I think something that really bothered me too is that, yes, the Flyers are rebuilding, so maybe they will have some losses like this where, yeah, they, they play down to the level of competition, but you have young guys in the lineup, and this is a game where I want to see some of these young guys produce. Put up some goals, rack up some assists, look far better than the Sharks. Like, these are games where I think they should be taking strides in the rebuild and having some young players get on the score sheet and put up maybe a crooked number. And that's like, they didn't have that. It'd be one thing if they were playing some bets and it's like, eh, you know, whatever. You know, maybe they're older and they're not going to be going anywhere this year. They're a younger team that you want to see some guys like Bobby Brink, Tyson Forrester. Owen Tippett uh, on the back end, Cam York, Igor Zamola. Like, you want to see some things happen offensively. That, again, to me, was where I was bothered most by that loss. It wasn't even the loss in itself. Whatever, Sharks, again, going to win a game soon. Uh, it, it was more about the Flyers, and that, to me, is like, ah, oh, man, they should have gotten going that night. Yeah, I, you, you get to a point where it's just like, in terms of Forrester, like, you are just so pulling for him to finally get that first goal and kind of just like ease the tension of when is it going to happen? Because I do feel like he's one of those players that as soon as he does get that first goal, he's going to feel a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident. Right now, I feel like a lot of these younger guys are very rattled in the sense of if I don't produce, I'm going to sit. If I make an error, I'm going to sit, which is, you know, not unreasonable. That's kind of how Tortorella's method is. And I'm, you know, I'm for that in terms of like the in-game benching like when cam york was benched in the entire third period against la with after making the costly penalty like it it happens you learn from your mistake and you move on but i mean i feel like now might be a time to jumble some things around you can't again you can't justify sitting frost this entire road trip you can't and i'm not gonna go off on another frost rant on this (laughs) podcast because i've done it so many times the past couple weeks but you got to figure it out you got to get him in you got to give him a couple minutes because if if not it just i just feel like it's as clear as day that the entire organization is just on on being like frost could do with or without him and that kind of stinks because he's rightfully earned the chance and he's not going to figure out his game get into a comfortable stride this season if he's sitting every couple games if he's sitting for extensive periods of time so i don't know a lot of young guys didn't produce the past two games 
do you think they should be held accountable the way Frost has been? I do. And that's why the Frost healthy scratch, that whole situation is getting more and more bizarre by the healthy scratch, the, you know, by each healthy scratch. I mean, he has set out more than half the Flyers games. And Brooke, yes, I, I think that is a game that you make a lineup change after. And if they don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what to say. Like if Morgan Frost can't get into the lineup after mm-hmm. the team loses to the Sharks, um, who was, who are off to a historically bad start. Like, what does it say about what the Flyers think of Morgan Frost and what the coach really thinks of Morgan Frost? Like, he yeah. should be in the lineup next game. Uh, you're looking for offense. He's an offensive-minded player. Get him in the get him in the lineup. See what he can do. Uh, just really, he was one of their best young players last year, and they publicly stated um, that they're embracing a rebuild on the offseason. And now this young player has sat out more than half the team's games. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And it's yeah, it's starting to kind of become a damning statement from the head coach and some of the people making the decisions about what they think of Morgan Frost. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to to post-game last night after the loss, and there was one question that was prompted, you know, like, oh, Sean Couturier is coming back in um, to the lineup. Did it – was there any difficulty in choosing Frost, basically, to sit and, and Tortorella, who I immensely respect. I really do, and I always want to, you know, notion that before, you know – we, we discussed things, but he flat out, he said, no, there was no elaboration. And, you know, you, you, it was like a classic torts response. He said, no. So it, it was like immediately they knew if Couturier was drawing into the lineup, they were, they were pulling out Frost. And I was like, I didn't really like that response. I didn't like that answer, but you know, we make do with what we have. Um, but yeah, just collectively across the board. I mean, we didn't even talk about special teams. Yeah. <sighs> which was brutal. You, you heard Sean Couturier last night. He was ripping special teams. He was like, it was terrible. It was really bad. We have to be better. I'm glad that you recognize it, but it's, you know, figuring out how to make it work because majority of that game last night, there were, there were penalties going back and forth. There were so many, um, like, there were four on fours. There were, there were two-man advantages. Like, it was just, it was so much, and it was so sloppy. And collectively, when I was saying earlier, I was like, this was just bad hockey on both sides across the board. It was really just one of those games where you're like, I'm watching this. I'm watching this willingly. I'm doing this. I wish I didn't have to. It was just (laughs) one of those games where it was just so brutal across the board. And like even the guys know it and you, you recognize when they own up to it. But I mean, my God. And the, and the power plays one area you probably want to see some progress. I mean, it was less in the league last year. It was less in the league the prior year. And so you want to see some progress, especially given there's a lot of young talent on the power play. You're thinking, okay, this is where you can see some growth in their rebuild. And it, it, there hasn't been. And like that's concerning. It's like, okay, why haven't we seen um, some progress made with some young players on the power play? Uh, that's where you're seeing some young players get time, get roles, and uh, you're just not seeing much there. Brooke, given the fire journey rebuild, is this maybe something people have to expect? Like some losses where you're scratching your head, but you're like, hey, they are in a rebuild. For me, I'm thinking when they when they play up to the level of competition and they maybe surprise the team, I'm thinking, wow, there's some growth. When they have these type of losses, that's where I'm like, okay, maybe the rebuild's not going in the right direction right now. How, how do you feel about if they have some of these types of losses. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're they're expected in rebuild years. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, 
this is this i mean i i was sitting here saying that it was terrible i'm no, not it's gonna bad. lie with that it's, it's definitely bad yeah but it's expected like I'm, I'm gonna sit there and be like okay like this is it's how they respond which is initially how i thought was going to be handled you know after la you you go to San Jose and you're hoping, you know, let's let's pull off a, a convincing win. Like, hey, it's, it's kind of like the Buffalo situation last week. Um, they lost to the Sabres terribly <laughs> at, on home ice. Mm. And then they had the home and home. So then they traveled to Buffalo and then they, they pulled off a pretty solid convincing win where it's like, hey, you know, we brushed off that other loss. We're coming forward. We still have the capability of, of pulling out high scoring games like this. You know, you have like the top end talent scoring, um, but yeah, it's it's expected in a rebuild. It's just I'm really curious how they respond the rest of this road trip because you know they come out and win Friday night. It's like maybe you know it's it's redemption against Anaheim. Um, that would be great if they lose. It it might it it's going to be interesting, and I think it's just more so like fans willingness to want to sit through and be like well if the young kids aren't producing why am i sitting here watching the rebuild like what am i looking forward to and that's where my brain's going right now it's it's what are the exciting moments that are going to <laughs> keep people engaged during a time like this yeah. so i don't know i think every everything is very valid right now like emotions are definitely valid um you want your team to win i don't we don't want to sit here talking about losses like this i want to be like jumping up and down cheering for this team because you know you you love the team you love the organization you want to support them but sometimes you just you really get these games where you're like oh my god please just turn the page win the next game wipe the slate clean move forward Please, like that is just what I'm hoping some point on this road trip so we can kind of just ah, like breathe again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for me, I, I, I've, I have a feeling that a lot of people are not going to remember that they lost to the Sharks in early November uh, because I think they have a chance to kind of alleviate some of the embarrassment of that loss because there's still a ton of games to play this season. To me, the losing streaks in the years past were far more embarrassing because like those were indictments on like where the team was and how bad the team was at the time and really on the season that they were having. Um, this is one loss uh, to a team that unfortunately was off to a historically bad start. Yeah. But I think the Flyers have a chance to kind of erase it uh, by at least taking some strides in this rebuild and seeing where some of the young players grow. Uh, they have a chance to respond to it. So I think that's the biggest thing is can they respond to it? I think it's more about the Flyers and how they played in that game and sure. not seeing progress from some of their young players that they're saying they're going to develop and uh that to me is probably the most concerning thing but yeah i also feel like in in terms of like this all eyes i know it sounds a little dramatic but all eyes were focusing on last night's game being like and because because everybody was just following the sharks like who is the first team that's going to lose to san jose and of course it was the flyers but it was like a league-wide discussion after the game ended last night first thing when you wake up this morning it was like oh my god the flyers are the ones that lost their sharks yeah really yeah so i feel like that like i said in terms of just like <laughs> just initial like you rip the band-aid off and you're like ow that's how we are today tomorrow it's not going to be as significant but <laughs> it was it was
was brutal last night. It yeah. really was. So, you know, we'll discuss it, get our feelings off on the pod, <laughs> and then move forward. And that's that's what I got to say about that, Jordan Hall. <laughs> no, and I, I remember Tortorella last year. He said they were going to have to eat some bleep, some crap in this rebuild. I mean, maybe this is exactly what he's talking about. They're going to have to feel some embarrassment. They're going to have to be a punching bag a little bit. And I think they're definitely going to be a punching bag over the next couple of days. Certainly today, after people around the league, uh, fans, people in the NHL, see that the Flyers lost to the Sharks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, but again, I, I do think there's the opportunity to get better this year and see progress and make people forget about that loss. Um, I really do think they've been through way worse. I, I'm just like even just picking, like racking up, you know, some of the stuff that they've gone through the last two years. Oy. I mean, they had three <laughs> double-digit losing streaks in the span of a year. They lost 9 nothing at Madison Square Garden. They lost to the Sabres when they had lost 18 in a row. So, like, to me, the Flyers have gone through worse. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make, I think, some fans and some other people feel any better. Right. Again, it's still a bad loss. Just sitting here and I'm like, please, I want fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want fun. Something. Yes. <laughs> Give me anything. <laughs> Brooke, I'll ask you this. When do you think John Tortorella and some of the decision makers like Danny Breer and, of course, new president Keith Jones. When do they start to feel some heat? Uh, like, Do you feel like they're going to start to feel some heat now? I'm not talking about firing people and clearing house. No, no, no. I'm no. just talking about feeling some pressure of, hey, things are, maybe aren't going particularly well. What's next? Um, I feel oh, – listen. It's a loaded have, question. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Throwing it on me like that. No. Who are you firing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just did that all yeah. last season. <laughs> no, everyone is staying put right now. Um. I do believe that once it's announced in a rebuild, you do give a little more leniency in terms of how long it is going to take. It's just that it took years of subpar, you know, seasons for them to finally be like, yes, we're rebuilding. And I do commend Danny Briere was talking about this before the season. He's like, we're, we're not actively tanking. We're not. We're going to go out and we're going to try and win games and we're going to rebuild like like strong integrity. Like, And I respect that. I do. So <laughs> these losses just kind of stink right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if, if you're like really bad at, say, the trade deadline and you have some players that haven't moved now, don't get me wrong. I think there's going to be some players moving before the deadline this year. Um yeah, I'll give it halfway through this season and you kind of see how they, they reciprocate at the deadline if they try to like move some names or try to get something in return. Holy moly, I don't know. I just feel like they're so... It's like just a vast... <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just looking into a gray area right now of I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to do. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, these are terrible decisions. This is awful front office because it's not. It's the first season they're working together. It's They're trying to figure things out in a rebuild. They announce it's a rebuild. You got to give them slack. Yeah. You do. Now, if this is like two, three years down the road and we're still having these discussions, much different answer. Much different answer. Right now, you just let it be. Let yeah. them figure it out. Give yeah. them time. That's growing pains in the front office as much as it is with some of these younger guys 
night in, night out playing. Yeah. Everybody is getting a feel for how they're going to function moving forward. So, I don't know. What do you think, Jordan Hall? Well, yeah, no, <laughs> I think it well said. I, I don't think anyone's free from criticism right now. Um, but that's why I always kind of laugh when like teams are so hesitant to maybe publicly sell a rebuild is it's like you buy yourself a little bit of time. You buy yourself a little bit of a uh, leash with the fan base. If you come out and say, Hey, we're rebuilding and we're going to, you know, f focus on the long game. No more aggressive retools. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Um, so I think the Flyers <laughs> definitely bought, some, bought themselves some time by saying they were rebuilding this off season. So I, yeah, I think patience is going to be required here. Um, I think the one thing I want to see is just, I don't think they should be stagnant. I think, you know, if things aren't working, try different things, whether it's lineup changes, call-ups, um, staying in front of it, you know, getting out there and having Briere talk and Keith Jones talk and say, you know, here's what we're going to try differently. You know, we're aware of what's going wrong. I think as long as they're in front of it, uh, not hiding from it mm -hmm. and trying different things, uh, I think fans should stay, you know, stay on board and be willing to, you know, trust Andy Breer and Keith Jones right now. Um, but, yeah, I don't think uh, I think the honeymoon phase is over, very much so. Yeah. I think this loss kind of cut that honeymoon off and said, yeah, now uh, you're gonna, you know, there's gonna be some pressure and some heat uh, because I think fans are definitely pretty ticked off, you know, about last night. Maybe there's a small section that are like, hey, lottery, this is cool, but no, I think most people are like, what the heck? Why, you know, why are they losing to the Sharks? Yeah, um, this should not be happening too often this season. And we'll see if it, you know, if it does or if it doesn't. Oh, well, we'll talk about it all here on the, on the Flyers, Flyers Talk, Talk Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brooke, the Flyers still have two more games on this California road trip. It's uh, both of them are this weekend. It's a back-to-back -back set. Uh, both games on NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus. Late night hockey, more late night hockey. We'll see where the Flyers go. Flyers after dark. Flyers after dark. Flyers after dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note. On that note, we will have those <laughs> games covered on the Firestock podcast. Uh, we'll have more, uh, plenty more to cover. It's very early in the season, uh, but fun looking at this one, Brooke, with oh, you. Oh, yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much, Brooke, as always. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. It was nice being at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for sticking with us, listening about this game, and listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. 